right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lepko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lepko and Chris Sims. Yeah. What's up? Welcome to Sims and Lefko Podcast, episode 45. We got someone different behind the camera, so we're explaining the, the thought process of Gabe's stinky fingers. Right. We'll get to that in a second. Sims, how, what's your uh, 45? Man, I, I honestly, I try to never look things up. I can't even think of a 45 other than Michael Jordan. When he came back right. rocking the 4-5 yeah. inning to play games with you, it's to aim at you, yeah. possibly maim you? Yes, right. Thank yeah. you, Jay-Z. You're welcome. Uh, I've decided, my 45, the only one I can remember, right. and I'm not sure if you remember him, Tim Houck was a like a, a lesser-known backup white safety for the Eagles. I do remember that the name. Yeah. Me and my friends, he was like a folklore legend for us. Tim Houck, when he played, oh, the Eagles were winning the game. We knew he was winning. <laughs> you got a good 45, Josh? Yeah, I've been waiting for this episode for a long time because my favorite Rutgers basketball player of all time, Danny Waterstrat, a 6'10 kid from Dearborn Heights, Michigan, Really goofy white kid. Uh, he was at Rutgers 0405 and 0506 before he transferred to Oakland because Rutgers was that bad. Right. Uh, Danny's mom, Sharon, used to sit in my section at the games. So Sharon Waterstrat introduced me and my brother Danny. He always used to come over and say hi to us. Uh, but he rocked number 45. I That's love Danny. Amazing. Yeah, that was Danny Waterstrat. That was an explanation for a guy that I don't know about. I told Lefko it was coming last night that I was going to talk a lot about Fendrick, Danny Waterstrat. Fendrick tonight. was. <laughs> I love his Rutgers. Yeah. Fendrick was, what right. were you, six, seven years old? For on what? like message boards for Rutgers? I started on the Rutgers message board when I was in fifth grade. He was in fifth grade. Right. On message boards, being like, really think they need to play Quincy Doobie more. <laughs> and then like was meeting grown men in the concession yeah. stands that were like, Wait, your what was your name? Uh, Josh FA23. Josh FA23, and you're like, wait, you're Josh FA23? And it was me and a bunch of weird. What's the FA men. stand for? Josh F823. Oh, F823. Okay, and uh, oh, so you're 823. Your yeah, birthday? me, Kobe Bryant, and Jeremy Lin. Wow, Vir- so you're yeah, a Virgo. Yeah, I'm a Virgo. Yeah. I should have figured you're a Virgo. Like I was me. trying to have a joint birthday party with you last year, but yeah. you said no repeatedly. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, look up some other 45. Yeah, you look that up. That In the you. meantime, uh, let's get some. Uh, we have Amelia, the person that did our makeup today. Uh, can we get your stinky fingers, please? Yes, get oh, on, on up there. Anytime now. Oh, oh, those stinky things. Jazz hands. Gabe is in like Milan right now. Is that Milan? He's Literally in Milan, Milan for New Year. Gabe he met Arian Milan. Foster at the airport, too. I he saw Arian saw Foster at the airport. Wow. Yeah. So Gabe's going to come back with very. Poor, poor Arian. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, let's get a control let's room the, shot. Yeah, let's, let's see. Let's see the beautiful people. Michelle oh, and Breffo holding it down. And I, think that's, I think that's DJ Drew in the back. Uh, this is going to be our our abbreviated <laughs> end, of the, end of the year. We want to do a podcast. I'm leaving for the next few days because I've deserved it. Right. And uh, you, I'll be here working. Don't worry. Somebody's got to do something for Bleacher Report. There's only one person at Bleacher Report that's worked every Sunday this football season, and his name is... Adam Lefko. Uh, well, we're going we're to touch on a, a bunch of topics. We're going to finally get to those Twitter questions, which I'm excited about. Uh, and we're going to do, I guess I promised New Year's resolutions last week. Which Did you really? I guess so. There's like a few things that I've realized about media when it comes to the NFL and schedules that's a little bit infuriating. We have to do midseason grades. Like right. every media thing has to do it. Annoying. You have to do the end of the year report card. Right. Uh, and then it's like New Year's resolution. It's just like... You feel obligated to do it. So we'll make some up. It'll be fun. Okay. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is is not fun. Uh, I actually was uh, stunned by it. Saturday, Al Jazeera came out 
uh, with a pretty lengthy report about Peyton Manning uh, being, and, and a number of other athletes, including Clay Matthews, Ryan Howard, and another of other people. Do Julius you have Peppers, yeah. Julius Peppers, about possible uses of HGH. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason that it, it upset me is there are very few things in an athlete's life that during their career that will carry over and impact them for the rest of their non-athlete playing life. And I think one of them is legacy and the word steroids is something that tarnishes it immediately. Right. I do not know if Peyton Manning used it. I do not know if Peyton Manning didn't use it. But I do know that when it comes to things like this, especially steroids, I will always lean innocent before guilty because that's what we're supposed to do. Crime, anything that will tarnish you and how people perceive you for your life, you need to assume they're innocent because someone is accusing them. So when I turn on TV and I, ter- I read articles on the internet about this, and it's all about Peyton Manning and HGH or Peyton Manning and performance-enhancing drugs, we need to attribute a lot more to Al Jazeera. Now, Mike Dicka came out and said that Al Jazeera is a joke. Frankly, that's absurd. Al Jazeera is one of the most respected news organizations. I would say more respected than okay. CNN sometimes. That's good. I did not know that, because I was just about to say, who the hell is Al Jazeera? Al Jazeera so is know. pretty much the international CNN. Is that right? Al Jazeera huh. is, when you watch The Daily Show, right. and they're making fun of bias, right. they'll show an Al Jazeera clip to show you the non-biased perspective. Gotcha. So that's how respected this news is. news and not sports, obviously. Well, I, I think... When that's it, so careless, that reporting. I think well, it's here's the thing. For, for people that don't understand, I believe his name is Charles Sly. Charles, Charlie Sly, yeah. Charles Sly was an intern for this age. Old Chuck Sly. Old hey? Chuck Sly. Uh, Perfect was, name for seriously, a Seriously, yeah. for a Sly bastard. Let me get through this. He's, he was an intern with this anti-aging group in Indianapolis, and he was the main whistleblower for this investigation, coming out and saying he saw these things get sent to Ashley Manning, wife of Peyton Manning, so they could avoid it. And they spent, according to Peter King, friend of the podcast, who really looked into this, uh, seven hours of interviews with the guy, checking and asking and all that stuff. And then about the day or before they were going to release it, he came out and denounced all of his things. So he was like, he did it, he did it, he didn't. And the day before was like, I take it all back, which is very interesting. Peyton, Clay, all these people have come forward and said this is ridiculous. A um, few things. One, people were saying Peyton Manning, oh, he hired this crisis management guy. We want to look at guilty. No, because, again, if I am a future first ballot Hall of Famer and you come out and say that I use steroids or performance-enhancing drugs, I am going to hire the best person possible yeah. to plead my case. Sure. First thing he did, go on ESPN Sunday Morning Countdown and handle it, and I think that takes a lot of the questions away right. because we've now heard his side of the story. So I don't think that puts any guilt on someone like Peyton Manning. I just think that we went through this with baseball. We went through this with a lot of athletes and questioned the Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Rafael Parmaro, and it still haunts those guys. Right. Throwing this out there with Peyton Manning, I think it's our responsibility in the discussion of it. Well, those guys did it, though. So Those guys did yeah. do it. But I think for this... It needs to be Al Jazeera accusations. I don't think it should be Peyton Manning HGH scandal. Right. Because I think think this all the time. Next time you're watching a game or you're watching television with a friend, how often do you sit there in silence and watch? And how often do your friends start talking over the television? I know darn well that if Peyton Manning HGH came up, 
my dad, my friends would look over at me and go, hey, do you think he did it? And then you start talking, you don't actually watch. Right. And I think it's very important. I, I don't think TV thinks about enough. The, the graphics that you put on the screen, it should not say Peyton Manning HGH. Right. Because now you're, you're clumping those two things together. It should be Al Jazeera accusation. Right. And I think this is a news organization that's very reputable, but we need to link them to this story for a long time because they put their reputation on the line right. and they trust it and they're standing by it. Right. And if they're right, they're going to look really smart. But if not, you got to remember this stuff. I just, it, to me, it's How really are they scary. How right, though, if this guy's already said he's... It was all Further crap. investigations, digging into records. Right. One of the other things was he says I didn't work there in that time period, 2011. It's also they entirely s- possible that the guy just got scared when he realized what the what the stuff that he said to the ramifications Zira, the of the impact it all. that that would have. Yeah. So right. if he just got scared and got cold feet, I just don't think just people said, are having yeah. enough of this conversation, which is what does this really do to someone's reputation? The fact that this goes out there, yeah. not does this tarnish his legacy? Does having this conversation alone? start to ruin that. And then also just the notion of this is not a dumb website. This is out. This is a very reputable it's source. It's the worst thing that can happen to you as a professional athlete right now is that, at least in my eyes, just to be accused of being a, a cheater, not of who you are. First of all, Peyton Manning, if he took HGH to get healthy and get better, which is another conversation. Huge point. Uh, that's different. Uh, then to me, I mean, just look at Peyton Manning's body. All you got to do is look at him and the Papa John commercials or whatever else. I can pretty much promise you he's not doing any performance-enhancing drugs <laughs> with the way his body looks. No disrespect. Or actually, it was disrespect. But yeah. uh, I think the point of it is, yeah, uh, I, it's just very careless to me to throw I, I, those kind of accusations out there. And I said there. this to you before. Right. This notion that athletes can't use a steroid or an HGH to right. recover from an injury is mind-boggling to me. I agree with if that. If I suffer an abdominal injury, if I suffer a neck injury, right. and they say, listen, you're going to need some steroids to jumpstart your body and right. get going, why can an average person do it? But these exceptional professional athletes right. who we ask, we demand from them excellence, yes. why in the recovery stage can they not use something that I could use? Yeah, it's you went through right. a devastating injury. Right. Were there drugs ever like offered? Like, what was that pro- the recovery process? No, you know, and no, never at any point. And what's really funny is the guy I saw in Canada, Dr. Gallia, people tried to implicate him in HGH. So Ooh. I was one of the first people that came out. I was playing for the Broncos in 2009, and people came to me, oh, we know you've seen Dr. Gallia. And I said, yes, I have. And if I had an issue, he'd be the first person I'd go back and see again. If you guys had an issue, he'd be the first person I would tell you to go see if you had Ooh. major you know, body issues. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's so careless right now. Uh, I think it does need to be discussed. I do think the NFL should be able to come up with some type of, type of t- testing protocol where, yeah, a guy pulls his hamstring. How come he can't take some of these illegal banned substances to at least get healthy, and then we can monitor it and say, okay, it's healthy. He's, that, he's back practicing, running full speed. He's got to come off this drug. I don't know how that balancing act can right. work, but I do think it needs to be discussed because of what you're saying. And, of course, it's guys' livelihoods as well. So, uh, it's Can I ask you a dumb question about yeah. HGH? Go ahead. If an athlete takes HGH, what impact would that have on them, like on their body and their ability to play the sport? I, you know, I don't really know exactly all the benefits of HGH because I don't know if you can just take HGH by itself, if you need other things with HGH yeah. to give you the enhancement. All I know is this. This is one thing, and I know you guys because you me are say this. someone that studies the body and really cares about what you put in. Definitely, uh, and, and I think uh, most professional athletes are like that. Um, 
I'll say this. I think the talk of it in the National Football League is way overblown. It's way overblown. With this whole, this whole yeah, performance-enhancing drug era, it's, it's become anybody who's successful, anybody who heals fast, it's got to be performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, you know, going back to the Adrian Peterson conversation when he tore his ACL, oh, he must have took something. There's no way he could have rushed for 2,000 yards. No, Adrian Peterson's one of the freakiest people to ever walk on the planet. That's why he can run for 2,000 yards. Right. Uh, so I just think it's a big discussion. I don't even know what my point is. I'm just kind of sick of it. I'm kind of sick of the accusations being thrown out there. I've heard about Clay Matthews taking HGH since USC. Uh, But yet, man, I look at Clay Matthews' family and go, wow, dad played in the NFL. Uncle played for 18 years on the offensive line. Grandfather played in the NFL. Big person, big person, big person. Oh, Clay, how did you get so big? It's shocker. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just get sick of it. No, I I understand. I think this generation of performance-enhancing drugs lately has been more the mental variety, the Adderalls, the focusing. Yeah, it seems like that's more prevalent. The the speed-esque drugs that are mental performances to match the physical. Um, I just think when you talk about Peyton and something like this, it it gets to another stratosphere because it's one of the greatest to ever do it, and you tarnish it right away. And a guy you would never have expected. Yeah, and I I can guarantee – I really – I feel firm about this. I guarantee you Peyton Manning didn't do anything wrong. Peyton is very, we know, self-aware. He's aware of what he looks like in the media eye. Uh, he is a guy that I really do believe there's no way he would even risk taking something I want, like I this. I want to ask you a question. Even if it was to get healthy, which I wouldn't look bad upon. Yes. Just because he's not going to take the chance of tarnishing his image. We have talked on this podcast a lot about Peyton Manning and his image. Yeah, right. And the way he deals with the media. Yes, right. Not going to hold anything back right now. We haven't always been a fan of it. Yeah. He's kind of been a guy that uses the media to his own liking. Yes, he plays. He has a lot of control over the media. Both sides, My yes. question for you is this. Right. Last two weeks. Peyton Manning doesn't want to be a bench quarterback. Right. He came back against that. Right. Now this. Right. This media is starting to turn on him a little bit. A little bit. Do you feel that? I do. I, well, I think a little bit is, uh, you know. The, now, that report is not turning. That was, that's something different. No. The I bad, haven't seen more negative Peyton Manning The stuff. bad playing, I think some of that. I do think there's a natural, I, I do think there's a feud going on in that Broncos building. There's a lot of speculation and rumors around the NFL that, Elway, Manning, right. they don't see eye to eye. Right. Kubiak, of course, is on Elway's side as well. And I would assume I would uh, assume that a lot of those rumors I've heard and we've heard are pretty true, really. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about, yeah, they asked Peyton Manning to take a pay cut. Right. Uh, so there, there is certainly issues there. What was your question, though? Uh, just, like, did you feel like the media is starting to, like, oh. not... To his beck and call anymore. I, I do a little bit because I, I feel like they don't have to pay homage to him anymore. They know it's coming to an end. Hey, we can talk bad about him yeah. now a little bit because we don't have to worry about maybe getting an interview if we're ESPN with him next year. Right. You can you can do those type That's of things. And then of course his play has not been good. I mean it's been horrible. One I of mean, the main things I just realized as right. you were saying this that upsets me about our society right. is when a great athlete is reaching the end of his career. Yeah. We take a lot of pleasure in talking about how he's not how he used to be. Yeah, right. This year with Kobe has been a little bit sad. Right. The way people enjoy his failings. Right. This year with Peyton Manning has been a little bit sad. But I feel like... Jeter was one of the few guys where we overlooked the lack of play. But still, middle of the year, we're talking about, man, should they bench Jeter? Yeah, right. Exactly right. 
you know, you want him, to, you want to honor the guy, but also yeah, I know, but you know, it, it, because I don't know why you know, listen, it's a performance based business. We don't have to honor anybody. Yeah, we really don't. It's like the Yankees. I'm the biggest Derek Jeter fan in the world. He was going to make nine million dollars to play his last year, and they were like, oh, we'll give you twelve. Why? You've given him 180 before that. What was the three extra million? I mean, just give him the nine. That's where he deserved to be paid. He wasn't one of the top shortstops in football. Yes, yes. Same thing with Peyton Manning. Or I don't baseball. Or baseball. Did I say, what did yeah. I say? Top shortstops in football. Yeah, that's a tough position. That's a really tough position. <laughs> uh, it was a tough weekend uh, for a number of big teams. You want to take us through that? Yeah, uh, there were a lot of interesting scores this weekend. Uh, starting with Lefko, first of all, credit to your, or not credit to your Eagles on Saturday night. Credit Holy to your Eagles crap. for losing and giving the division to the Washington Redskins. Uh, I just want to bring that up real quick yeah, yeah. while uh, I pull the scoreboard up. I'll say this. The worst part about that game is I was out in New York watching the game with an Eagles shirt on, and I do not wear Eagles stuff to watch the Eagles. Yeah, I right. just like to be a normal person. The amount of Giants fans that were coming up to me and going, thanks a lot, pal. And I was like, man, this sucks. Now I got the Giants fans yeah. crapping on me, and we right. blew it. Right. Um, so your scores well, this weekend. But that's that your was fault. So that's ugly. your fault. That was I mean, so ugly. For wearing an Eagles shirt. Eh, whatever. Uh, yeah, your defense stinks. That's for sure. Eddie Logan's been out. No one's talking about it. That hurts. Uh Really, I mean, it would have been an exciting game. Can you explain to me, from watching Kirk Cousins, how he went from a mediocre, below-average guy that you even said they should think about benching to a guy that the last few weeks is winning games and divisions? Well, Kirk Cousins has talent. Even when I was saying they were benching him, I don't think it was something where I looked at – I mean, I think we can go back to my videos last year. I think I was a supporter of him. I just got to the point this year in the middle part of their year when he was struggling – the Giants game, uh, there was another game he threw where I just said, it's not going to stop. I don't think he can be take care of the football. He was throwing three or four stupid interceptions. Did they interceptions. change the system? Uh, no, I just think he's reined in his own abilities and decision-making. And then I think, two, the offensive line has gotten better as the year Ooh. has gone on. And really the biggest thing, I think, Deshaun Jackson and Jordan Reed. I know you've heard me say that a yes. few times over the week. Jordan Reed was injured spotty for most of the year. Exactly he comes right. back and looks like the top three tight end that you've been calling him all year. Yeah. And then Deshaun Jackson, I think people always forget, and I think the Eagles are the perfect team to talk about. Right. When you take away the speed, you change a defense completely. You do. Just the threat of Deshaun Jackson a lot harder backs to, up everybody. A lot harder to defend Jordan Reed when you know you got Deshaun Jackson on the other side. You go, oh, man. We got to be a little hesitant about throwing our safety down there in yeah. the box to stop Jordan. Because when you look at the Washington Redskins and you look at a Jordan Reed, a Pierre Garcon, and mm-hmm. a Deshaun Jackson, yes. those are three upper crust yes. receiving options. Right. But Kirk's decision making is what's been great. Decision making, he is he is somewhat of a fearless thrower at times too. He's not afraid to put the ball into a small window, but it's also got him in trouble. I mean, how we, much money would you pay Kirk Cousins? What do you think he's worth? Well, I I, I think. Listen, I think Kirk Cousins is every bit as talented or more talented than Andy Dalton. Um, now, yeah, he doesn't have the track record yeah, yet. Yeah. So, uh, to me, hey, I'm one that thinks, like, do we don't need the franchise quarterback. you got to have a $25 million a year quarterback to be successful. Oh, yeah, ask the New Orleans Saints how that's going. Ask uh, San Diego Chargers how that's going. 
Ask the Baltimore Ravens how that's going. Kaepernick. So, uh, Kaepernick, right, another one. So, I, and I know he doesn't even get paid on that scale. So I'm so sick of I'm an ex-quarterback again. I'm sick of teams just breaking the bank for the quarterback mm. and them acting like the Michael Bennett's and the Cam Chancellors of the world are expendable. We had this conversation earlier in yeah, the year. Yeah. Like, I mean, is Nick Foles really worth two Cam Chancellors? Well, that was our old saying. Uh, and you, that was you that came up with that. Um, I've lost my train of thought again. What the hell? You're talking about quarterbacks not needing a franchise guy, and we were talking about how much you would pay. Kirk Kirk Cousins, Cousins. I would give him somewhere in that 15 to 17 million dollar a year range, and I would also it has to be club friendly. I'm not going to give Kirk Cousins 15 million a year with 50 million guaranteed. Yeah. uh, Just because he's had a good second half of the year. No, it's got to be some balance there of Kirk Cousins taking a deal that certainly benefits him financially, yes. but he's not killing the Washington Redskins for the next three or four One years. One guy that's not getting enough credit on that Washington team that I wasn't expecting anything out of this year is D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, right. He's actually been a heck of a player. Well, he's he, again, another football player that we've seen like a Charles Woodson that he's just a player. He's playing more safety than he is corner right now really? for that team. Yes, he plays safety. When they line up in their base defense and start the game, he is a starting safety. There's just not a lot of guys that can do that. And he's a smaller guy. I mean, he's not much bigger than Josh, uh, but he could tackle. And I know Josh can't tackle anybody. I think one of the funniest things about the Redskins, you want to talk about success, right. them fixing their safety situation compared to last year. Yes, with him and the Deshaun Goldson. Yes, uh, is compared brilliant. to last year was Ryan Clark, who's and, now on ESPN. And Merriweather. And Merriweather, who, who just got cut by the Giants last week, and they just brought him yeah, back. Whatever. So, yes. Uh, All right, so run through the big yeah, losses Yeah, so your four, your four big losses from Sunday. So first you had Jets-Patriots 26-20 uh, in flip. overtime. Yeah, that's with right. With the coin flip. Right. Uh, next one you had was the Panthers going down to the Falcons 20-13. to Right. Uh, you had the Steelers losing to the Ravens 20-17. to And then you had the Packers getting blown out by the Cardinals 38-8. to All right, so the, let's just start with the Packers one and get it out of the way. This should shock no one if you watch Green Bay. They're not going to fix their offense. It's not going to happen. We're all just, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's number 12. They'll get it done. Uh, I, I think... I think Green Bay Packers are a six and ten, seven and nine football team if they don't have Aaron Rodgers. That's just plain and simple. Six and ten. Yeah, that's really where they are. They're they're about right there. He covers so many holes. You could see watching that game on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona was clearly in another class. Didn't you make a bet with your brother about this? Yeah, I did. My brother wanted to take. So the line I think on the game was three and a half, or at least that's three what it was in our oh pool. Gosh. I do not understand. Vegas was yeah. on drugs last week. No, no, no. They also favored the Reds, uh, the, the Eagles, Eagles to beat the Reds. And I told right. my brother I would give him. Uh, I told him that he could take the Packers plus ten. So I took Arizona minus ten for twenty bucks, and he. Oh, that's awesome. You should get people's, double. People's yeah. love affair with Green Bay. Oh, he wants that to take it's him in our turn. Pool, yeah. it's, been an, it's been an ongoing thing all year that I, I don't understand. It's, same with, it's, it's a little bit like that with Pittsburgh as well. It's the, the helmet. Then they have the franchise quarterback. How I also it think fail? They also had a stretch, a three, four-game stretch in the middle of the year where they played some very limited offenses, St. Louis, stuff like that, sure. where the defense – Really stepped up. Definitely. Demarius Randall was looking like a possible offensive right. defensive rookie of the year. Their defense has played well, but it I hasn't think been the bad. point is what you just said. They haven't really had to play an offense until yesterday. The Raiders game the week before, I mean, that was certainly a good defensive performance, but at the end of the day, Derek Carr and company, they moved the ball pretty well against yeah. Green Bay as well. But you don't see it turning around. What's the matchup that they could be facing? So they play Minnesota. Let's say they get in there. So the possibilities are Minnesota, Seattle, Washington. Yeah, they can play They can play Minnesota or Seattle in the first round, right? That's it? Oh, yeah, they can play Washington too. You're right. If they ended up being the yes. five seed. And, uh, they match up 
okay with all of those, I certainly would give them a fighter's chance in all of those games. If, if Seattle has to come up and play Green Bay, uh, that does slow Seattle down on the grass, makes them a little less effective. Yeah. But still, I think they're a better team, and they win a close game against Green Bay. Mm. Uh, Washington, that could be interesting, Washington. I think that would be the game where Green Bay would have the maybe the best success they don't have the coverage guys. Like, we've talked about their secondary improved, but they don't have lockdown cover corners, yeah. and they don't have great pass rushers. So he can make his magic maybe happen against a team like the Redskins. Panthers lose to the Falcons. You didn't think they should have played Cam Newton to begin with. No. Now they're fighting for home field advantage. Right. Um, how concerned are you? And what the whole notion that it's good for them, is that real? I do think it's real. Who do they play this week? Just look that up. Yep, but, I got you. Uh, but uh, I do think, yes, losing can be good for you. I, I was a part of a team that was 10-0, and and you lose. Buccaneers. It does take the pressure off of you uh, as far as just getting one distraction off. Oh, okay. We don't have to worry about the undefeated season now. It will anger you a little bit as well. You'll be like, man, we lost. To get that feeling back into your body uh, and be in a be in a – facility on a Monday after a loss you go I don't want to feel like this again because the coaches are in a bad mood we're all in a bad mood so I know that get back to the drawing board I'll never forget covering the this is a different sport Kentucky basketball teams right and they had a few years where they had like one loss or no losses and no losses in the SEC right and the Anthony Davis year they lost in the SEC championship right And my my friend was there covering it, and he goes, he goes, that's exactly what they needed. Yeah. He goes, because now they're playing angry. Right. And sometimes you, you play worried about losing that first You're game. You're exactly right. You play almost tentative. You go, like, let's play not to lose. So do you play, you play Carson? You have to play Cam now. You have to play Cam Yeah, now. You, you, you have to play Cam. <laughs> Get the lead and then coast. Well, Tampa Bay's I, a tough team. Tampa Bay will be a tough team. I do think Carolina matches up pretty well with them. That game is going to be in Carolina, right? Because they already played down Correct. in Tampa. Correct, game is in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but at the same time, listen, Carolina's a team, I look at them and go, I don't care if they're home or away. Carolina is not a huge home field advantage to begin with. I played there twice mm. a year. I would say it's one of the easier stadiums to play in, in the NFL. So I don't think like them being in the NFC Championship against Arizona, I'm like, oh, they're at right. home. It's over. Steelers lose to the Ravens. Yeah. Seahawks lose to the Rams. Yeah. You said both of those teams are kind of frauds. Yes. Which one is more of a fraud? Uh, I think the Steelers are probably more of the fraud. The Steelers, uh, I think we think they can be dangerous, and I don't take away that narrative. Are they a team that certainly can beat New England yeah. still in the playoffs? Yeah, because – Everyone looks at their offense. Yeah, the shootout, the shootout possibility. But uh, that was the first thing I wanted to watch today was the Ravens steelers yeah. and I just got done watching before we got in here. The secondary is an issue. It's just plain and simple. They're that bad. Zone defense all game long. They made life very easy on Ryan Mallett. He got the ball. He looked at the first read, and he just threw to that guy. Most of the game, he did make a few phenomenal throws as well. Don't did he really? Wrong. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know what I've, we've said He's about that. He's very talented. He can, he can really have days where you go, wow, that's a super talented guy. Other thing I'll say, too, is Pittsburgh don't understand the approach of zone defense anyways. You have this great offense. Play aggressive. Stop being like this team that's, oh, we're afraid to give up the big play. Who cares if you give up the big play? Get Big Ben and Martavis and Antonio back out on there instead of them having to sit on the sidelines for seven minutes to watch a team slowly drive down the Mm. field, then to kick a field goal. Mm. Uh, I would play more demand-to-man than them. They play zone almost every play, and it's almost going to give them a – no chance against any good quarterback what about in the, the Seattle AFC. one. Seattle, I think you and I mean, listen, we've both been saying this. You, you see it as much as I do. Seattle, I think the offense, all what they have done is misleading. I mean, let's go back to the last few, their last few wins. 
I mean, other than beating Minnesota, where Minnesota's offense couldn't do anything, so uh, Minnesota's defense was on the field so much. Right, and was, they had all those injuries. Right, I mean, Seattle's moved the ball against uh, the Ravens. So, uh, yeah, their five-game winning streak right. was San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Baltimore, and Cleveland. Right, so stinks, stinks, uh, pretty good, stinks, stinks. That's pretty much what they played on the defensive side of the football. So I think everybody got a little excited. About the Russell Wilson thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I do question their defense as they well. They were really popular all week as the sleeper Super Bowl picks. Oh, of course, yes. Uh, that, that takes me to one team. I said about a month and a half ago that this Kansas City win streak of like four games was bullshit right. because they played nobody. <laughs> They've won nine in a row. Yeah. This team started off one in five. We haven't talked about it. Andy Reid, friend of the podcast, uh, does listen, apparently, <laughs> which is hilarious. And he uh, dabs. Yeah. <laughs> that was the video that, of the day yesterday. That video was great because he put his thumb up on this hand and he dabbed too, and it was great. Are you supposed to put your thumb up? No, he no. just did it. Oh. O- old white people dabbing is ridiculous. It's pretty Arthur funny. Blank dabbing. Yeah, Woody Johnson did it, right? Yeah, it's, it is so jump the shark. It is so above the well, shark. Well, what happens right in the NFL locker room is, of course, the owners aren't always around. After when everybody's happy, I'm gonna dab. they're I'm gonna trying dab. to relate to the players. The players are usually, you know, in a boisterous mood where they're like, come on, Woody, let's see the dab. Let's see the dab. And they keep pressuring them. And Woody's like, what is the dab? And they were like, just go like this. And then he goes like this. And they go, ah. Yes, because it's funny. And it's a vine and it's It's Twitter. like, hey, it's the old white man or the old man in general. Look at him. It's Mr. Yeah. Pop Culture. It is funny, though. Music, dancing, food. Those cross all bounds. Yes, they do. You don't need to know language for that. Uh, but how for real are the Chiefs? They're for real as long as they are in a close football game. I, the one thing I worry about with the Kansas City Chiefs is just can they win a game in the playoffs if they get down by 14 with Alex Smith and the... the, the Will they get down by 14 with that defense? I, I don't think so, no. I, I mean, you know, I mean, what, what do I always say about their defense? They have the best dime defense <laughs> in the NFL. I always don't like saying this shit sometimes because I'm always like, yep, uh, I said the word shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't like saying this stuff sometimes because I feel like I've already said it to you. But yeah, their dime defense is special. Well, here, let, let me explain to everybody. I'm going to yeah. condense it really quick. Yeah. What you say about Kansas City is, in addition to having two elite pass rushers in Tom Ali, Justin Houston, right. you get a pass rush. Right. They can sit out there in a dime defense. Dime defense is six defensive backs. Right. Typically, in most schemes, that's four cornerbacks, two safeties. Right. The problem with that is you're really putting yourself in a bad position against a running exactly team right. because you have all these smaller personnel and you're having to defend the run then with five big people. Right. Kansas City, though, does four safeties, two corners. Right. No one usually has depth at safety to do that. Most right. teams barely even have one safety. Exactly, and they have five, two. really. They have yeah. what? Yeah, they have five guys. Can, they would yeah. be Eric Berry, Hussein Abdullah. Right. Uh, Hussein Abdullah, Tyvon Branch, and Ron Parker, who Ron Parker, in my opinion, is the best safety of the group. He's the one that should have gone the Pro Bowl over Eric So Barrett. they have these four. Who's the fifth? Uh, the fifth, they have Sorensen, number 49. He's a kid out of BYU. I think his first name's Brad. I can't So remember. if you think about it, on this podcast, we've talked a lot about the Arizona Cardinals, the Patriots. The one thing they do the best is multiplicity. Yes. The ability to go out there with a lot of guys. Right. If you show us this formation and then switch, doesn't matter. Right. Because we can drop the Ninkoviches. We can put the Chandler Jones back in coverage. Yes, right. Tyra Matthew could be a corner, safety, or a linebacker. Yeah, Dale right. Buchanan right. 
Kansas City has that, yes. which makes them a very tough matchup. Definitely does. But they lack that completely offensively. Uh, yeah, they. You know, it's funny too because if you really look at them in the offense and you didn't watch them on film, you go, "Wow, they must be tough to defend." Offensive line is pretty good. They can run the ball. You see Macklin in the stats, and you go, "Wow, okay, Macklin. They got a receiver." And then they Travis do have Kelsey. They got one of the five best tight ends in football. Yeah. So uh, I think all that together, you go, they should be explosive. Now they're creative, but they Andy Reid, this is kind of his style too. They're very creative, but they can be conservative once they get a lead Ugh. or a certain part of the game where they just say, "Hey, we're up seventeen to three. The Colts playoff game is the perfect exactly example. right. We're up seventeen to three. Let's just play it close to the vest. Oh wait, we're down twenty to seventeen. Can we step on the pedal again and get the offense going? No, it's too late now. You've already yeah. been thrown out of rhythm. Uh, as, an, so, as a former Andy Reid supporter. Me. Uh, he is the king of going up early and then coasting. But you think about let's just think of the AFC playoffs. I mean, right now, if they have to play, if they have to play the Houston Texans, Kansas win. City can win, right? Let's go. Uh, uh, let's go. Whoever the wild card team is, the Jets. Yes, uh, they could play with the Jets. I, they, there's no doubt. Now, I think the Jets are one of the five best teams in football, but they can hang in there. What about the, the Broncos? Jets. The Broncos certainly. Yes. Yes. Uh, again, They've already shown they could. They almost beat them twice. They this really year. should have beat them twice. Bengals. And, yes. McCarron, yeah. Bengals is interesting. Uh, they again, I think they can match up with the Bengals because they are going to slow down that passing attack with that secondary. And then what about the Patriots? Yeah, the Patriots are, of course, the ultimate. Uh, I would say no because I would say Alex Smith and company will not be able to keep pace if that game got into a throwing frenzy where all of a sudden it's 28 Man. points. And so the many questions about quarters. the Patriots and injuries. I can't even evaluate the team right now. Yeah, I'm not really worried about it. I mean, they'll yeah. be healthy for the divisional round. But and Edelman, Amendola, right. they were missing both, missing both their yeah. safeties. You have a full-speed Gronk. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they were banged up yesterday. Um, let's do it. Is it that time? I'm ready. We've been putting them off for weeks. Twitter questions. I feel bad about it, but not anymore. Fendrick, what do you got for me? So, yeah, we gotta, we're going to do three questions from the fans real quick. Uh, and, yeah, we have been putting this off for weeks, so apologies to all of our fans for not doing this. At uh, Sims and Lefko on Twitter. At Sims and Lefko on Twitter, that's right. So the first one comes from an old favorite, Mark Bajan, at 007 Sports. He what, wants to what? know the top five quarterbacks in the NFL five years from now. So, obviously, we do your quarterback power rankings every week. The right. first thing that I asked you when we brought this question up was, will Aaron Rodgers be a top-five quarterback in five years? Right. But you got to think Carr, Jameis, Mariota, potentially, uh, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson. Yeah. What would you put in your top five? Man, I, I mean, Cam's probably going to be still in that conversation as well five Absolutely. years from now. Uh, I know. I'm just trying to think of some, some starters right now that are – Is Aaron Rodgers in five years going to be a top-five quarterback? I'm going to say no. Uh, five years, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's a little older than we think because he had those first few years right, sitting behind right. Brett Favre. Uh, also I w- less wear and tear. Uh, yeah, I know. But uh, I'm going to say no. Five years from now is a long time. And with guys like Derek Carr coming up the ranks, Winston, Mariota. So those three are in. I think so, yes. And then I also look at, I think Andrew Luck will be certainly one of those five. So Carr, Mariota, Winston, Luck yeah. are definitely in your top five. Who else? Is Andy Dalton in your top five five Ooh. years from now? No, definitely. probably not. No, he's not top five now. He ain't going to be top five then. Yeah, I'm uh, trying. Age is a tough thing. Then, is Teddy Bridgewater? Is Russell Wilson? Matthew Russell Stafford? Wilson's definitely in my top five. So that's your five. I think so. Damn, I don't know. but I got to get... Look at the teams real quick. Yeah, if up. I had to take – I think I might take Cam away. I mean, not Cam away. I think I'm hmm, – man, I got to put Cam in there. So, it's got to so, be – it's got to be – I'm going to go Cam, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, 
Winston. And then it's either Mariota or Carr. I'm going to go with Derek Carr. I'm going to go with Derek Carr, even though I think a lot of Mariota. But I'm going to leave Mariota off that top five list for now. Yeah. That's all right. You'll be able to update that, him in your. I don't uh, think there's anyone like guys like Joe Flacco will be questionable at that point. I mean, five years is a long time. Five years is a very long time. Kirk Cousins could be in that conversation. You I'm said Bridgewater. You, I'm not going to let you say that. Uh, but no, I think that's you know yeah. I can't say Romo, Eli Manning will be in that conversation. Five years from now, you know, I think we're going to be buzzing about little known prospect had some success. Matt Sims, five <laughs> years from now, finally get an opportunity. Maybe, uh, maybe one of these guys from this year, Paxton. It Lynch is interesting. It is. It is the question of how will these guys maintain themselves, right? Especially because a lot of the stars right now are in their primes, the late twenties, early thirties. Yes. And look, Father Time is undefeated. Yes. Peyton Manning. Right. Tom We're Brady. It. Right. Yeah. All right, what's the next question? Uh, the other, uh, Twitter. Do we, we mention Big Ben at all during that? Yeah, Big Ben, though, I, th- I, I thought of him. I just think that'll be too much too from, from them, yeah. All right, next Twitter question, a new one, a new listener, Jack Farr. Uh, he is at Red Brood on Twitter. He wants to know, what do the Saints need to do to get back in the postseason next year? Oh, okay. How far are they off? Uh well, you're never. Man, there is turmoil. So many stories came out Sunday about Sean Payton interested in the Chargers job. Sure. Uh, looking to possibly leave. Uh, Drew Brees, they're going to have to figure out a way. Well, they have to. That's going to be. $30 million salary cap. Almost hit. number one is he's got to go. He's got to go back down to so the before we talk Jay about Cutler what, $15 million a year. Before we talk range. about what they need to do right. to get back, will those two guys be back next year? Uh, What's your gut tell you? My gut tells me that Drew Brees will be back uh, and Sean Payton won't. I think Sean Payton will be in Miami, San Diego, or the New York Giants. That would be my three teams where I say Sean Payton ends up. Uh, Drew Brees, I do think he stays there probably for another year or two. Uh, I thought he played well enough to justify certainly being the starting quarterback I thought he played really well at the end of the year. Exactly right. So uh, I look at that and go, okay, what do the Saints need to do? They do need to get another receiver. Uh, certainly along with, like, the Colston. Those guys are all coming to the very end. Yes, yeah. right. They need somebody opposite of Brandon Cooks. Um, they probably really need – they probably need another running back. C.J. Spiller did not quite work no, out the way I thought it was going to be. Uh, and then their defense needs just a complete makeover. How much money do they have left in the cap so space? I just pulled this up since right. you started asking me about this this morning. The right. Saints are projected to be $5 million over the cap. Oh, my gosh. So they're – the Drew Brees contract. So Drew Brees has got to cut his contract Bird. Jarius Bird, a lot of money, and two people that are not doing it. Yeah, and Jarius Bird, I, I wouldn't be sorry. This is year two for him. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be wonder. I wonder what it would cost to cut him after the year. Because I'd be curious. That'd be their secondary. Too. We watched Allen Robinson get a ninety-yard touchdown on Brandon Browner yes, yesterday. Gone. Their linebacking core. One of the big things they did was they cut Junior Gallette, and yeah. that kind of weakened them. Right. And they had some injuries there in the linebacking. They got Stephon Anthony. They, and their yeah. yeah, and the, you know, and uh, Haoli Kikaha. Right. But their D line. Is they they, they got, have they have like a 13, 14 year old vet Kevin Williams. Man, he was getting cut from the Seahawks because he just couldn't even cut it as a backup. Yeah, he just he's so he's, it's at the end. I, I just want to say this really quick. I want to applaud everyone that begged for Rob Ryan to get fired because that's what really needed to be done. They really <laughs> need to fire Rob Ryan to fix that defense. We tried to tell you. You didn't listen, which should be a name of a segment we do on this. We tried to tell you, you didn't listen. You didn't have the personnel, but no, we're going to allow 30 points to the Jaguars and 35. Yeah, it was Rob Ryan's fault. Yeah. So glad we fixed it. A little that. ridiculous. Last but Twitter yeah, question. they got to do their defensive line big time. They need, they need another big time D tackle. They need another guy besides Cameron Jordan or Jordan Cameron. 
That one is Cameron Jordan. That one's Cameron Jordan. Jordan. Cameron's on the Dolphins. Yeah, so Cameron Jordan. They need another top like edge guy opposite of him as well. Uh, last Twitter question we got, which was actually so credit to Seahawk Scout here for unleashing. This was like approximately 15 tweets that he sent us. This question was uh, brought out over. So I condensed it into a couple sentences here. So basically what Seahawks scout said, uh, his point was Cam Newton is not the MVP. He said that the Seahawks would be just as screwed without Russell Wilson as the Panthers would be without Cam. Mm -hmm. He pointed out that Cam beat up on terrible pass defenses like the Giants, Saints, and Falcons, and that Russell Wilson destroyed Minnesota without Jimmy Graham and Marshawn Lynch. And then uh, Seahawks scout tweeted again today to let us know he would put Carson Palmer at number one, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, and Russell Wilson mixed up after that. Mm. Okay, what was his order again? Say that again. Uh, so he said Palmer at one, and then Brady, Newton, Wilson mixed up after that. He didn't put them in order. Okay, so I got the Seahawks. All right, so we've already hit on the Seahawks right. and who they've beaten. Yep. Uh, and first of all, Thomas Rawls was extremely good. So he, he can say no beast mode, but I, I thought Thomas Rawls was going to be the starting running back when beast mode got back and healthy. I think he's really more explosive and probably better than him at this point. Uh, okay, so you look at that. Listen, you're not going to hear me disagree with the fact that you've heard me say it all year, you two. Russell Wilson's awesome. He's one of three people that can make that sorry Seattle offense go. There is nothing to that offense. It stinks. They're the 9-6. and six. What would they be like without Russell yeah, Wilson? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, would they would be a – yeah, they're 9-6. and six. Let's say they win or lose next week. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a 6-10 and 10 football team as well without Russell Wilson mm. this year. Uh, there's just he makes you know chicken salad out of chicken you know what yeah um, okay so he says that but okay so then just argue that though I mean the the Seahawks and their offense they haven't been able to beat the Bengals the Panthers uh, the Green Bay Packers and then the St. Louis Rams twice and the Arizona Cardinals so basically they can't beat any of the teams in the NFC playoffs um, that are any good that are any good what about the Carson Palmer debate because I think that while Cam has been the MVP. I think Carson has been the best executor at the quarterback position. Right. Are they close? Are they closer now that but like Carson keeps stomping people? I think he's it's very close. Uh, but I think Cam has won it in my eyes. I think so. Hand, hands down. I mean, just you know, uh, he's got no talent. Carson's going to win the Super Bowl. To, Carson's going to win comeback. Carson's going to win the comeback player of the year too. So he'll probably get that over Adrian his, Peterson. Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah, I do think he might win it because I don't think AP's going to get anything because of the domestic issues. He'll get left out in the dark. Um, but, hey, Carolina, he can't ref- he can't, you can't go back on – I mean, so what? He played the teams that were on his schedule. Uh, that's all he could really do. Yeah, there was no great defenses, certainly. But Cam Newton is having a phenomenal year. Cam Newton does more at the line of scrimmage than Russell Wilson. Uh, and I think Cam Newton's a better thrower of the football than Russell Wilson. Maybe not as good an improviser as Russell Wilson. I'm also a firm believer that if you're the MVP, when I look back in the annals of history and I see 2015 MVP, I feel like you need to be the person that we talked a lot about that year. And you'll remember the Panthers the, going 14-0. Yeah. Right. The Panthers going 14-0, the dancing uh, the dabbing, the like, giving the ball to the kids, giving, like Car- like Cam Newton was yeah, the story of the season. NFL this year. Right. I, I look, I said it what was it seven weeks ago. I think the Cardinals are winning the Super Bowl. The Tyron Matthew injury hurt. Yeah, Cardinals are going to be unreal in the playoffs. Mm. They are going to stomp. Like the Cardinals and Panthers match up with 
everybody yes, in the NFC do. playoffs. Right. I, I have no doubt that they're facing each other in the NFC Championship game, and that game is going to be unbelievable. Yes, uh, unbelievable. I, I'm with you. I, I think that's a slam dunk NFC Championship game. Well, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever really felt stronger with the fact that there's, there's three teams there's three that are teams. than everybody else. There's three teams. And really, I, I don't know if I wouldn't put the Jets as the fourth team in football right now. I mean, just plain and simple. I mean, am I, I, I know I doubt Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I'm going to say this like right now. I was listening to the fan. Right. And again, I heard people talking about how incredible the job Todd Bowles has done. Yeah. I just want to talk about it on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean. It, just I think say it. It's a little overrated, the job of what he's done. I mean, it, I, I talked about this on the fan last week as well because people were coming in. I said, I'm not so sure this team wouldn't have the same record with Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan never had a team this talented uh, with the New York Jets. I mean, no, if there's ever a year to give praise to the owner, this is the and year. the GM. Yeah, so it, it, specifically the owner. I mean, any GM could have gone, oh, Darrell Reeves is good? Oh, really? That, did yeah. you know Darrell Reeves is good? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I'll, we'll give him $40 but million. the Brandon Marshall trade, That's, the draft picks, I think were all really solid. They're great. They, yes, I understand that. But I think a lot of those even just fell into their laps. I mean, Brandon Marshall, every team, I think, would have traded for Brandon Marshall as long as you could have afforded his contract. I mean, everybody mm. would have said, oh, here's a fifth so round. So the owner saying, I'm willing to pay for it. Woody Johnson, I think, is the MVP of the Jets this year. Yes, because, I mean, okay, Leonard Williams falls into the lap in the first round. But, yeah, they opened up the checkbook for uh, Buster Lorenzo Screen. Malden's been solid. Yeah, I mean, so, listen, yeah. have they done a good job? No doubt about it. Did they underperform with one of the five best teams in football for the better part of the year? They definitely did. Mm. So, yeah, I do think the Todd, Todd Bowles, you know, love affair is a little overblown. I think it's a little overblown. Can I ask you, when I see clips of coaches on the sideline, how much stock should I put into what it appears they're doing? <laughs> so when I watch Tom Sula on the sideline, the man never has a headset on and he's yelling at everybody. When I watch Todd Bowles on the sideline, he's literally standing there not talking to anyone at any moment. Right. Every time I see Belichick on the sideline, he's writing things down uh, and talking uh, to people. They ran the Brave 54. When I see Bruce Arians, he's either enforcing something with the refs or he's calling the plays play, or right. something. So when I see Todd Bowles standing there doing nothing, am I reading too much into this? Yes, you are. Okay. You definitely are. I mean, Todd Bowles, I think, first of all, that's part of his nature, right? I mean, he's just not going to be that boisterous, uh, all over the place, in your face But I don't see him talking to coordinators or players. No, no. I think he's a little bit more of an observer, and then he probably throws his two cents in there at some point. Okay. But, I mean, the one thing we've heard the last two weeks uh, that has jumped out to me from hearing Jets players is Bowles is a little tougher and maybe a little more blunt than we give him credit That's for. That's great to know. So it is. It is good to know that. Um, I, I mean, I, I've heard a few people come out and say that. So, But, no, I think, hey, listen, some coaches, they're just going to add their two cents during the game. We've already done our job during the week. We've come up with the game plan. I'm going to trust my offense and defensive coordinator. Yeah. And I'm just going to add a little two cents here and there. Hey, they're trying to get in this personnel set when we're on this defense. Let's just be aware of that, whatever it may be. All right, let's do game picks. Game picks. Ready? All right, so full disclosure for everyone. Twitter in. Yes, absolutely. We should do that more often. Oh, that's right. So you got a game back on me. And game oh, right. Yes, so full disclosure for everyone watching here, we're taping this podcast before the Bengals-Broncos Monday Night Football yeah, we're game. We're doing this Monday. Right. Now, you guys both picked Denver, so that doesn't matter. So the only thing that does matter oh, is that Sims picked the Jets, you picked the Patriots, Ugh. Sims picks up a game, so he's down two games heading into the final week. I have lost more of these matchups with bull****. Oh, I know, because my three games last week that I lost were f- I mean, I just you just dominated the effort. I mean, get out of here. Shut up. I'm more bull too. Shut up. Yeah, but I've lost because of a coin flip, because of Mike Vick you, multiple you times. You lost because Bill Belichick decided to kick off. Damn it, Bill. You know All what's right. amazing about friends. that game yesterday, though? 
I mean, we sat there and watched that game, and the Jets, that's what's amazing about New England. The Jets dominated the game. At no point did we ever think, like, oh, New England's going to win this. No. Yet here we are in overtime. We're like, oh, New England's going to win it. Well, they they put together their one offensive drive of the game with the the touchdown to James White. Right. And that, when the Patriots tie the game up with a minute left, they (laughs) win. There's no doubt. It's just, it's written in stone. Unless it's the Super Bowl against the Giants. First game for Week 17, the Jets visiting Buffalo. Jets at the Bills. Oh. So I'm up two games. You're up two games, correct. I am going Jets. Yeah, I'm going Jets as well. That's going to be a scary game, though. Yeah, you know, when you have nothing to lose and it's your old team, mm. that's when, off. you know, I think we talked about this last week, it's when offensive coordinators, you know, they can have guts to call plays and draw plays that maybe they wouldn't draw up in week nine when they were in the thick of a playoff race. But yes. now, uh, it's no pressure. It's week 17. We can ruin someone else's dreams. Next game, Saints at the Falcons. Hmm. You want me to go first? You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go, go first. first. Uh, I think that the – I'm picking the Atlanta Falcons. Right. I'm thinking that Julio Jones against that secondary, boy, that's going to be fun. Yeah. And I just think that New Orleans um, doesn't have enough – I think Atlanta's big weakness and the reason they've fallen off is you, if you pa- overpower the Falcons, you beat them. And Carolina wasn't able to do that because yeah. they didn't have the running game. Yeah. I, I think Atlanta wins that one. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is or a do tough you think one. it could be a, an emotional drop it, off? It, that's exactly right. And, I mean, you can, you can count on Sean Payton and Drew Brees being ready to go. You know, I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm just going with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. So you'll take Sean Brayton and Drew Brees over Matt Ryan and Gus Bradley. Yeah. Not, I mean, uh, Dan, Dan Quinn. Quinn. It's not a bad but idea. that makes the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next game, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Save that Eagles. one for last. Save that one for yeah. last. Okay. I was going to say the games that matter for last, but we can save, yeah, the, uh, no, we can save the Eagles for last. All right, so Seattle at Arizona. Seattle at Arizona. Oh, uh, man. So Arizona, the thing that's interesting they here is Arizona. They still have home field to play but for. But they could know by the game. By the what time, time they're a 4 the... o'clock game. And Carolina plays at once. So that oh, can really make things man. interesting. Correct. They might know they have no chance at that point. Um, well, you see why I circled. Seattle's still playing for nothing. I mean, I know. So, Seattle, I, I'm going to go with Arizona. I'm going with you. Arizona, yeah, too. I mean, if they're both playing for nothing, I'm I'll gonna, take the better team. Yeah, exactly right. Yes. All right, next up, Minnesota at Green Bay. That's Who's the, the Sunday night game. Who's the quarterback for Seattle? Uh, Jackson. Uh, Tavares, Tavares Jackson still there. versus Drew Stanton. Uh, Hell of a matchup, bro. <laughs> Minnesota at Green Bay for the NFC North title. And I'm oh, taking baby. Minnesota. Yeah, you are. Damn you. Easy, bro. You heard me do that in the video last night. No, it's not even about that. No, it's I just know. Minnesota last night showed when they have Linval Joseph, Anthony Barr, and Harrison Smith back, they're a whole new team. Right. They're not going to get any separation. Green Bay is on offense. And I look at Adrian Peterson and a pretty good right side of the offensive line against a Green Bay defense that doesn't stop the run well. To me, it's a great matchup for Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going Minnesota I know as Green well. Bay beat them this year already. Yeah, but I know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going Minnesota as well. Green They're Bay just O-line playing better sticks. right now. Yeah. yeah, and you're right. You've got to be concerned with no Bakatiari, and then I don't, we don't know the status of Bulaga yet either. So if they have either one of those, watch out. Because Minnesota's got big dudes on their D-line. Man, and the guy Daniel Hunter, who came out of LSU, who I thought was a ballerina. Yeah, Sims was calling him a ballerina during Man. the draft process, and He's then Mike Zimmer up. found a way to use him. He got him in the third round, and he looks like he might be Simeon Rice now. So I, I am wrong. really torn on this game. Yeah, so the last game is the Eagles at the Giants in a game that does not matter at all. The so battle here's, of so nothing. So here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm up two games. Well, we're going into the playoffs. We've already, yeah, but there's a regular season title. We didn't Listen, do, hold did on. We if do that you're last telling year? me, 
Oh, I won the regular season and the playoffs last year. Uh, my, my thing is, <laughs> is that this. true? Definitely true. Be, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely true. I remember this. Uh, but we only did half the year last year. Uh. Um, I will say this. For someone who says, oh, division titles mean something, and I'm someone that says, let's just restock the conferences and pick the best teams. Right. Regular se- season means something. All right? We, we'll, wait, we'll wipe the slate clean and do playoffs. I want to win a division title. <laughs> all right? I want to win a Sims and Lefko division title. Here's what I'd like to propose to you. Well, I, mean, I am up two games. Right. I have already disagreed with you on New Orleans Atlanta. Yeah. I will purposely disagree with you on Eagles Giants. I, I mean, I'm picking the Giants. And that means that I would. Damn. But, I mean, that's, that's who I'm Because running. Odell Beckham Jr. against that secondary sounds awful. But I don't want you to do that. I don't like that. I am that. taking the Phil. No, I, I was going to take the Eagles anyway. Okay. I promise. This is the first time all year. Not all year. Shake my hand. Okay. So here's the deal. So I am up two games. We are disagreeing on two games. Right. If it comes down to Eagles Giants and the Eagles ruin this for me, boy, am I going to be. But upset. so then we tie. So that's not going to be fun either if that happens. And then we go into the playoffs. Well, then we go to strength of schedule. I, I, we did a regular season playoffs. I'm throwing the f-ing challenge flag there. Yeah, type that in. The big F U C K with the I N. All right. So I'm going Eagles. You're going Giants. Man. I, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, of course. Well, well, there's no, well, oh, yeah, the Giants. I'm are, just worried they'll about. Go, you'll, they'll steam I'm off. worried about a pissed off Odell Beckham. Oh, I know. I against know. that Eagles secondary. He's going to be running 4 1. But I, I, this think, week. I think the one thing that, that Eagles fans are not talking about at all is Sam Bradford yeah. has been playing really well lately. Yes, he has. And I, I, I think if you're going to put any of that loss on Sam Bradford, you're crazy. Right. I mean, put it on DeMarco Murray. Sure. Ooh, I want to say this really quick. I know that we're. Put it on that horrible podcast. defense. Yeah, no, it's fine. Go ahead. Defense is allowed to slow people down. I, I want to say this. The, I'm being asked this all the time. What do you do about DeMarco Murray? Do you cut him? Right. You want to know what I do? You owe the guy about $11 million next year. If you cut him, you got about five, five and a half million in dead money. Dead money. So no matter what you do, you're talking really about $6 million because five and a half is gone. It right. disappears. Right. So is it worth it to save $6 million and cut DeMarco Murray right. or pay the $6 million and keep him on the team? For me, for me, I let that man sit there and rot. I do. You know why? Because if you cut him, where does he go? Probably Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys. But you might be happy So about is it that worth $6 million to prevent him from going to the Dallas Cowboys right. and maybe strengthening a division rival? Yeah, I think it is worth $6 million. Uh, I don't like the way he's approached the game this year. I don't like the way that I feel like he's climbed into a turtle shell and avoided a lot of things. I don't like his energy when he's playing. I don't like the effort that he gives. Yeah. I don't like his energy on the sideline. I don't like the fact that he went to Jeffrey Lurie and went over his coach's head. That's why I think you got to cut him. I don't like any of that cut stuff. Cut him. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do about Chip Kelly as a GM. I don't know if he retains that title. They're going to bring somebody in to be a consultant with him or something like that. Much like they did with the Sixers where they brought in Jerry Colangelo to oversee Sam Hinkie. you got to get rid of DeMarco Murray. you got to. It's going to become a dividing issue in that locker room. Chip Kelly can't like DeMarco Murray. I mean, he brought DeMarco Murray in. He paid money for him. But then do you worry about another another guy that didn't like Chip, they get rid of him. You know, that, now that's becoming a thing. LaShawn didn't get along. You know, the, uh, Deshaun didn't get along. I know. It's, 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 he's going to have to balance that, there's for sure. And there's going to be just players that don't like his college approach altogether. Like, we've heard that with Evan Mathis, who's with the Denver Broncos yes. now. He just couldn't deal with some of the, somewhat of the college And I, and I just want to say really quick to all the Eagles fans out there, Todd Harriman's was not good this year. Evan Mathis was not good this year. Um, 
A lot of Trent Cole. He was solid, was, Evan Mathis. He wasn't not good. He was solid. Okay. Nothing great. Trent Cole, not that good. Like, right. A lot of the moves. They weren't that bad, right? Weren't that bad. No. DeMarco Murray. Deshaun Jackson only played five games. I mean, LaShawn McCoy missed half the year. Exactly. So, so yeah. I know. Jeremy Macklin should have paid him the, the, the DeMarco Murray money. Macklin should have got paid. Yeah. And I mean, Kiko Alonso, I've not been impressed with what I've seen there so far. That's either. the phrase so that's you're going to use. Yeah. You're going to use scary. not that impressed. Not He's that cursed impressed. enough on the podcast so far. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a clown. Right. So that's a little scary, but that's uh, going to be interesting. New Year's resolutions. We'll, we'll, we'll go around as we leave. What is a legitimate New Year's resolution that you you don't have to do it, but what's one thing that you'd like to do better next year? Oh, man. I, Podcast-related or life-related? Uh, well, do you have one in your head? Go first. I don't. I but Fendrick, please go. I think mine is to talk more on the podcast. I think that's, I think a that's very what good we need. One. That's my New Year's resolution. Okay. That's All a right. good one. Was that, did I need to stall for longer so you could think of one? No. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't really have – I mean, I'd never have done You're a You're pretty resolution. happy with life. Um, well, you live day to day. You focus on the game that's in front of you. One day at a time. Um, but, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't have one. I'm going to say that my well, New Year's watch. resolution is to uh, help take this podcast to the next level. Okay. I think that we've grown a lot as a podcast. We're ending 2015 on video, right. which is awesome. This thing has changed a lot. The, the guests have been awesome. And I would like it to reach another level and continue to grow and to continue to involve people that listen to this more. Get to more Twitter questions, do more creative things, right. and get to another level. That's right. what one thing right. I'd like to do. Oh, that's a good one. Thanks. That's a nice company answer. That's yeah. a good way to end it. Yeah, good job. Ray, I want to do that too. And I, I want to show up on time to things more. <sighs> I'll take that. And uh, I'd also like to... And uh, uh, pop that whitehead on your I right I pop the whitehead there, and uh, I'm going to work on, in the words of Bart Scott, my carbs. Because apparently car- I retain carbs. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to cut out the carbs. This is much. the moment where the podcast goes off the rails. Yes. And, and we say goodbye. just step in. All right. So do you, do you have anything? Um, anything. I would probably just like to stop eating so many late night sweets. That would be the one thing. Man, I have a bad thing for... Chocolate morsels right now, late at night. What are you talking? Are you talking about semi, semi-sweet chocolate? So morsels. you just Nestle? reach into a bag of Nestle chocolate and you're just housing. It's not, yes, it's not Nestle's. It's uh, all natural Giardelli or something like that. Giardelli, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. So you're just like walking around your kitchen, just throwing chocolate. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm becoming old. The semi-sweet chocolate tastes really good. Semi-sweet chocolate. Yeah, that's great. Weird. All yeah. right. So uh, wish everyone a happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. And uh, thank you for joining us for 2015. It's been awesome. Fendrick, let me say goodbye. Happy New Year's, everybody. Look up Danny Waterstrat. Highlights from Rutgers. Great kid. Love him. Great kid. Love Danny him. Danny Waterstrat. Uh, real quick, can we get the Amelia Fingers of Death? Dun, 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 Oh, those are some dirty hands. Dirty, dirty, stinky hands. Control room, thank you for dealing with us again. Whoa, there's one person. Michelle. Way to go, Michelle. In a random, is. oh, hey, Breppo. There, hey, oh, Georgie Borgi. Hey, Breppo, uh, don't work too hard. Oh, he's busting his heart. You watch your mouth. Uh, those are the guys that make it possible. Obviously, shout out to all the people that have done this for all of 2020. You burned some calories during the show, you nerd. Uh, so far. That's a Fitbit for anyone wondering. What a nerd. I burned Nerd alert. Hey, man. I think it looks good on my wrist. Thanks to Mom and Pops. Uh, Susan Lefko, episode 46 will be in 2016. Closing in on episode 50, that will happen at Super Bowl 50. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Peace out.